So hello everyone, welcome to Colorado. We are in Denver right now and with Harkirat once again. And today we will be finding what kind of mistakes web developers do. And even he being an experienced web 3 developer, a blockchain developer, how many mistakes he might be doing at the moment, which is a risk to security. Because I have been a security engineer. I have been a cybersecurity researcher. Number one question, Harkirat, do you use a password manager? No, I don't. So, how do you remember like thousands of passwords? I uh, usually don't have thousands of passwords. I have like three, four main passwords and I use single sign-on everywhere else. Oh, yeah. so like sign in with Google, sign in with Apple, etc. Uh -huh. But that is, a, that is a security threat because majority okay. of... The, do you know why? Uh, no, enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> because majority of the, the passwords which are getting hacked mm -hmm. these days, they are hacked through phishing. So, people might be, you know, sending you... Uh, app, let's say .exe file for let's say Zoom, Chrome, but that might be a keylogger. So keylogger is basically like whatever you typing on your machine will be sent to the hacker. Oh, every nice. single character, every single word. Hmm. And once you accidentally install it, you will not even know it's in your computer and mm -hmm. every single character. So the character could be sent to the hacker. So that's mm -hmm. why people use password managers. Mm -hmm. And the benefit is obviously you don't have to manage like thousands of passwords. I have like around 600 passwords in my password manager and I have two. And uh, that's why we use it. Okay. okay. So one concern and you always type it. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I always type it. Okay. But I do, I do have 2FA everywhere. 2FA everywhere. Yeah. So if someone does get my password, they still can't get in unless they have my phone or authenticator. Uh -huh. yeah. That is pretty good. I think it's really dumb to type everything. I agree. Awesome. The most important security concern. When you log into, let's say, Amazon.com, Facebook.com, you know, YouTube.com, uh, there are like thousands of websites you use your email. Hmm. So, when you have email, dalte ho, which email you use? Is it the same email you use it for all the new accounts? Hmm. What is your idea? So, let's say you're going to a random website. Let's hmm. say uh, it, this website is called sambackmanfeed.com. Okay. Not, not trying to insult. <laughs> but I'm just saying, right? Okay. okay. So now you go to this website, you have never heard about it, and you want to try. Let's say yeah. they're making a new AI service. Hmm. Which email address you will use? I'll use like a, an, a, a burner email address that I use on all such spammy websites. Same email. But on that email, what's hmm. name? Kya? Hargirat Singh? Hargirat Singh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Phone number is real or fake? No phone number, I think. I don't, have, I don't think I've attached a phone number to it. I could be wrong. Maybe my. If, if there is a number, it's my own number. And what if like when you're entering phone number on that website, which I, which will you enter? I yeah. try not to put my phone numbers, but yeah. Do you have, have a fake phone number first? I don't. So if I, if I can't get in, I, I will put my phone number. If it's very ugly, I'll put my mom's phone number. If there's a spam, yeah, she can handle it. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is a big, big security concern. Mm -hmm. Because let's say the yeah, website is scam, right? Hmm. Now what they can do is they can look up Harkirat Singh. Hmm. Internet pe. They will go to the whole internet, search for your phone number, web scrape everywhere with the can, wherever right. you put your identity, mm -hmm. and your identity will be compromised. Hmm. And it is dangerous. Yeah. So what's the solution you think? I mean, I can create multiple emails. Like, like yeah, Harkirat wow. plus Amazon at gmail.com, Harkirat plus Facebook at gmail.com, Harkirat plus feed at gmail.com you know so yeah. which service ke liye? Hmm. now is it what do you think is the benefit is um so what i was suggesting is ki i create new gmail accounts which is i think is scalable right if i do like harkirasingh1.com harkirasingh1 at gmail.com then harkirasingh2 at gmail.com at some point i'll get bored and just use harkirasingh1 everywhere 
So that was yeah, it's still security concern. Yeah, I don't think I'll, that's scalable. Okay. Huh. So let me quickly explain what I'm trying to say. So I use a website called Simple Login. So let's say that I had buy a course on Udemy, right? Up Udemy where I'm buying a course, I will use a separate email called harrycourse.something which is provided by Simple Login at alias.com. So basically what is happening is this is my alias which I'm using for course websites. For example, when I booked a scooter, uh, scooter I booked tha ek bar. So that I used by sing scooter dot ye, ye website because I was renting a car scooter somewhere. So I used email use kya tha. Now with this email, it is unique and they cannot, you know, web scrape. Baki websites pe jaake, they cannot find my identity. My name is real, but my email is not real. So they cannot do web scraping and very identity will not be confiscated. So let's say I received some spam emails. So if you look at this email, this guy is sending me spam emails. How I went from $0 to 400k in a year. And this email is being sent to Harry at email simple content. So ye content wale email se hai. So I can literally disable this content email and now no spam emails from that user will come. If I'm not using that website anymore, I can literally block it or what I can do is I can literally, uh, so, so when I hit unsubscribe, it will guarantee that I will never receive any email from that because that alias is unique. So it's zada easily. Even if I enable this email later, it's easy to thanks to alias. And you should set up alias too and you can use my referral link for Proton Mail plus Simple Login. You aliases create aliases. They're, they're both together. Simple Login and Proton Mail both work hand in hand and very easy to use. My whole life has become secure thanks to them and you can check out with my link in description as well. Okay, first of all, Harkirat should not be used. <laughs> For sure. Name, First, yeah. <laughs> you probably be Harnoor. Security concern. I'll use Harnoor Singh, <laughs> YouTuber at gmail.com. <laughs> no, okay. So the idea is create fake email every time you create, you're going to a new website. Even though you trust the website, spam emails come from everywhere. Right. Never give your email address. Yeah. The idea is there's a service like Proton Email or Google Workspace have a service. Mm -hmm. You or Apple Mail has a service. Mm -hmm. They create unique email for every website. Oh, nice. Man. So, you didn't know about it? Yeah, yeah. then I, I just have a different email for every website, right? Yeah. Hmm. Now, how it's, how it's spams will work. Like if there's a website like, like not Harkirat, let's hmm. say there's a website like sing plus Harkirat hmm. at, you know, sammacmanfee.com. And if that website sends you spam, hmm. you can it immediately detect and all those emails. Yeah. And like these companies sell data, right? They have emails. If SPF.com has my email, they'll sell it to a bunch of companies like Swiggy, Amazon, Yellow Harkirat hai. Ah, e cool. And I can reach the soul. That's why SBFK website that has leaked my data. Ah, or it block kar do. Yeah. And, and your name will not be blocked, it's fake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Cool. So that's the idea. Okay. Now number three, an important concern for him as a web developer. So whenever you, you know, make a domain like singinusa.com or harkiratsing.com. Mm -hmm. So in that case, agar aapka koi domain hai, let's say, you know, you have an email, admin at harkiratsing.com. Mm -hmm. So in that case, how will you make that email secure? Do you know the steps for that? I have no idea. I need to know this though, because I oh. probably need to create an email very soon. So Okay, so that is something you should learn about because there's a concept called DMARC record. You can learn about it because if you do not publish your DMARC record, someone can actually send emails on your behalf. Let's say there's an email at admin at harkiratsingh.com. Someone can actually hack into it if the email is not secure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think I've heard of this. Like you can, like I think the protocol, the what protocol is this? Simple SMTP, right? Simple yes. Yeah. I think right. that's flawed, right? Anyone can send 
that is very anyone. very very flawed if people can impersonate like i mean let's say a random random teenage person like send emails on your behalf mm-hmm. and blackmail someone right which is a serious threat to your privacy and you know you can get into legal issues if you are like you know being impersonated yeah I, how I, will you prove for sure i i remember this happened in my college where our midsem results would come out of an email and people hacked it and sent out fake results to students like <sighs> that you failed you have a 6 cgpa That's when oh I sort gosh. of came to know about this, and oh then gosh. I tried the same thing on Google, where I was able to inside our campus uh, intranet impersonate Google emails. That's the security like vulnerability I talked about in another video that I reported to Google, oh. and but the, but then Google basically said this is how the protocol is designed. Maybe I'll share um, my mail thread here in some screenshot, but this is exactly what uh, I sort of tried to report to Google. But then I realized this is how the protocol itself is built. It's very pretty flawed. Yeah, it is. It is serious security threat. Yeah. yeah. Now. Let's say you're making a website there's a file in the website called index.html mm-hmm. everyone knows about it how it goes now in that website you are connected to a server a backend so this is the front end there's a backend now it has like you know some python files mm-hmm. so you're interacting front end to backend mm-hmm. now backend needs some accounts access so it might need access to microsoft azure yeah for amazon aws it might need you know uh, might need to authenticate at it might need to authenticate with facebook.com right. so where do you store all of the passwords mm-hmm. for those authentication required by server how yeah. do you manage those so in the end it resides inside the binary or the file that's running but the way to put it there is not to commit it to your source code probably the way i do it or i've seen it being done in a bunch of companies so in big tech or like in goldman sachs for example there's an internal secret manager uh, that holds all the secrets pretty secure and then you just use that as an api and based on the current environment that you're in prod dev staging you'll get the right set of secrets um now how i do it usually in startups is like there are secret management services this is like a pretty popular startup vertical these days so there's a company called doppler there's a new one that came recently they basically do secret management where you store your secrets there and they have very nice sdks that hook right into a java backend or a python backend mm-hmm. so it just injects the secrets uh, into your binary Oh that is interesting because many people have seen many new developers they just paste the password in the file even though yeah, it might in. not be accessible yeah it, it might be private repo yeah even like in public repo if you go to google uh, sorry github and just search uh, admin at the rate of some po- psql colon slash slash admin at the rate of you'll see a bunch of people who've committed their actual production db passwords on github publicly and the biggest security threat in this process is once you commit using github hmm. Yeah, it's got, it's it's always there. Unless, it was always there. Even though you delete it next time, yeah, unless you like do a hard revert and uh, change the history, yeah, it's always there. You will probably just have to change the password in your database then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is the biggest security threat because people once commit, they make a mistake, they they make another commit in version control if you all not familiar, check out GitHub tutorial. But in that uh, in that when they you know create another commit and uske baad when they try to push it mm-hmm. still history has it and lot of people can search it and wo passwords okay. are gone and another thread is api keys agar aap google firebase se connect kar rahe ho your website so you said you use oauth right just sign in with google sign in with apple mm. now in that case you need api key to integrate on your website yeah so where do you store that api key probably the same place where the database uh, password resides people store it in their files yeah i know i did it as well like in college like <laughs> this is something you learn slowly but yeah for sure i i, I know i've committed passwords to repos. oh my gosh <laughs> biggest security threat now how do you avoid pushing it if your code base needs it let's say a project needs security key how do you manage it not getting pushed to github solution bhi baat karte hain yaar problem bhi baat kar liya 
yeah i mean github is not the place for it like if you if you have an app a backend application for example uh you just have these as variables probably environment variables and then whatever wherever this runs it will inject those environment variables from some place so never in your source code should any of this reside but what if like your text file needs it what if like whatever you have to have to have and you haven't you know made your code naya naya project banate hain log right people make new project okay. they don't have time for all of the setup okay where do you put it then how do you prevent it going to get git or github how do you prevent it to get tracked i have no idea oh my gosh i mean i, I yeah tell me there's a file called git ignore so oh yeah so put all the files in get ignore mm-hmm. jo bhi file you don't want to be version tracked and yeah. no one will be accidentally able to commit unless they modify the git ignore <laughs> got it yeah that makes sense uh yeah yeah also awesome. i mean i thought the question was different i thought your source code needs to have it in github for some reason it, it needs to have in the project in the project yeah so the the very uh, simple like standard way is to have a .env.sample file which contains the sample of what your environment file looks look like and your environment file.env resides in .gitignore and then .env.sample is open and people can just copy it and change it pretty good smart sir uh uh-huh, smart <laughs> wicked smart <laughs> <laughs> now here comes the next test i'm going to ask him to design a website mm-hmm. we will talk about the best ways for you to start a website right now if you you know if you want to create a blogging website if you want to create a coding platform if you want to create your next business what is the best way to start a website so let's design it so number 1 Let's say you want to make a blogging website fast. Okay. Would you use WordPress? Would you create it from scratch from HTML, CSS, JavaScript, hmm. or would you use platform like uh, Webflow. Webflow? Yeah. Hmm. These are like three best ways I've. I have to make it very quick. I'd use Webflow. Like, why do you have to code if you don't? Like, you shouldn't code unless you have to. And a blogging website doesn't seem like something you should write code for. Just use something that's out there unless you have a very specific use case. Good. Now, next question follow up would be. how would you make it scalable how would you you know let's say tomorrow you have 1000 customers and next day you have 100000 hmm. how would you make it scalable i mean webflow i don't have any control because it's hosted by them i have i just have no code tools but if uh, i have to design it myself then scalability becomes an issue because now i have to scale it myself front end side if you don't have a back end blogging website you don't need a back end most probably so all you have to do is just make sure your front end bundle reaches everyone in the world so if there are 100000 people Uh, that's a lot of requests that are going to one server. You shouldn't ho- you shouldn't host it on a server. If it's completely static, you can use a CDN, a content delivery network, uh, that caches your website wa- wa- in various places. What is content delivery network? Uh, so, usually when you are on YouTube, you ask for a video chunk one by one. Um, if all of these are stored in a single server, everyone asks that server. Mm. and that server is in the US that's bad because everyone is asking even india people are asking for that chunk from the US so you distributed this is load balancing S- sort, of. sort of yeah sort of load, load balancing not like server oriented it's like you know it's kind of like scaling like expanding your uh, servers to it's more like caching. it's more like caching. caching okay if first the first person from india asks for it it comes from the US to india and hits it hits sits in a cdn server in india everyone else that's asking from india for that it will go from that cdn to that person pretty good approach yeah. now let's change the website let's say i have a blogging website hmm. but with some of the logic i want location based let's say you know you're making a website which you want different result let's say if i'm browsing from us hmm. i want it to go to apple.com us but if i'm browsing browsing from india i want it directly to go to apple.com/in hmm. if you want to add that feature it is pretty difficult to add in wordpress or probably w- uh, webflow uh 
but how would you do it would you still use wordflow would you still use webflow or create it from scratch yeah, i think i'd spend 30 minutes on webflow if i can't figure it out in 30 minutes then i'd create my own website because <laughs> as you your use cases become more and more niche webflow probably isn't serving every use case it's for pacing simple sort of websites and this is a very niche use case uh hence i would probably start to own my code after that or at least the that segment of code that that needs to send out people to different places based on location at least i'll code that up and then put that as a code segment in webflow yeah that is a good approach so there's actually a place in webflow and wordpress where aap thoda bahut code dal sakte ho like you know small segment of code and you can put logic location based or whatever logic you think in blogging is unique to you it's a special use case that it cannot do you can do it now third use case is let's say you're making a website for learning programming like mm. you know you have different completely different page for c++ completely different page for php completely different from java so you know you're teaching students how to code mm-hmm. so you're creating these pages mm-hmm. how would you create that kind of website and then scratch mm-hmm. or like webflow. wordpress or wordpress yeah, i probably want that i mean this seems like a very niche use case right? i mean i'm sure there are categories like these websites are usually used for like webflow is used for like e-commerce uh huh and e-commerce also has categories like uh, shoes apparels so i'm sure this use case can fit there but as you get more and more niche and generally if you're a developer just own the code right i think it helps got it now when you create your own code base what are the steps you're going to take in the design mm-hmm. to make it scalable mm-hmm. so and uh, yeah you have to write it and design C- can you can you like completely design uh, just like you know a raw design on your sketchpad so sure. S- steps to make it scalable mm-hmm. steps to make it maintainable mm-hmm. and steps when a new developer comes there's minimum learning curve for a new developer to get adapted to that code base makes sense yeah, yeah. okay so this is your repo and yeah. uh, your use case should probably be static which means there shouldn't be any backend <sighs> but your bl- you'll keep adding blogs right um on like a day to day basis or like uh-huh. monthly so probably there should be a backend maybe this could just be cached in the repo so there are frameworks like jekyll that uh, approach one use jekyll or a similar framework which in which you basically store your blog posts mm-hmm. in your front end bundle and hence you basically commit to github every time you have to add a new blog post that uh-huh. would be bad yeah um, that is a bad approach like you're hiring people and github access is a mess probably so you should probably create like an admin panel uh the other approach i would take is have a user facing website mhm uh an admin website and a backend unfortunately because now the admin website would push new posts to the backend and mm-hmm. the user facing website would have to pull them from the backend um deploy to github um and probably for this use case use for the backend use some sort of a serverless uh uh backend so that just scales with you it's a, it doesn't seem like you'll need too many joins between your data seems like this very simple data so use like a serverless db uh probably like just to start things off mm-hmm. uh or do you want like a very scalable project like from the very beginning what do you want I think I would choose scalable okay because I think uh, in this world it's unpredictable you get 1000 one day next day 10000 100000 okay so the good thing about serverless is it scales with you but let's let's own everything so I would deploy a database that's the place where your post reside um I would probably create a cache which sits in front of it because a lot of people will be asking for the same blog post mostly at the same time because mm-hmm. like when you release it everyone will sort of go to the same page so cache would basically this will be probably be a distributed cache so mm-hmm. there's one in india one in the us one someplace else uh probably the db doesn't need to be distributed yet um and since you said it needs to be very good so i'd probably use some sort of a strict schema so mysql/postgres for the db what's uh, postgres it's another database 
just like MySQL. Mm-hmm. Um, so cache, backend server, and then your two websites. The first website being um, the basically hernoursing.com, which contains your blog post categories, whatever you want. So you own all this code, you write all this code, probably in React or Vue, mm-hmm. if you want to get really messy. And then there's admin.hernoursing.com, which you and a friend, a few friends of yours have access to, that they can use to publish new posts to it. Pretty good approach. Wow. He's really good at designing websites. Uh, yeah, I think we just scratched the surface here. Yeah. If, if we get into, uh, yeah, as the scales, or like we can dive deeper into the schema, other things, what do you want? What do you want me to do? So you have solved all the problem of scalability, hmm. maintaining it. Hmm. Now, when you create this code base, hmm. you know, when you publish it, hmm. what are the security steps you will take? Uh, I mean, I think some, yeah, go ahead. A new developer might not, you yeah. know, know the security. You have That's to right. make a layout for security. I think you've discussed the most important things, which is never commit your secrets. Create like a .env.sample file or whatever, which contains a sample of your environment variables. Never commit them to your repo. Uh-huh. And have like basic steps around how you can set up your database uh-huh. locally or a backend locally, and then the user can basically replace them. Um, use some secret management library to, to uh, manage the secrets versus like committing them. What are the... Uh, beginner friendly pitfalls when it comes to backend development or like full stack. This is the biggest one. People commit secrets. Another one I, I know is in server people what they do is like they will not make a secure server. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So you have to handle that. How yeah, will you? Yeah. Like close all your ports. Only keep eighty eighty like eighty open. Even better, like create a API gateway or like a load balancer in front which does auth auth and then your final server only good requests should reach there. Only requests that are like not from a bot from China or like some random prick track to do something. So have yes. a very solid API gateway in front of your actual backend service. Yeah. And yeah, have a lot of auth there. Uh-huh. So that none of this reaches a deep end. There are very basic vulnerabilities like SQL injection that you should read about and then probably do once in a while, like do a mistake and then understand why it's wrong and then go from there. Pretty good. Thank you so much for solving all of our security queries. That actually shows how experience he has. Okay, I learned a bunch today. <laughs> ठीक है ये बीच में कहीं डालूंगा